Welcome to the podcast Rise and Play. I am Sophie Vaux, your podcast host. I bring together leaders, entrepreneurs, fund makers, investors, and educators who are here to make a change in the industry. For a brighter and healthier future of the games we will make, and how we will make them. We're here to start a conversation because listening and asking the hard questions is sometimes enough to inspire change in us, to take the leap to. Let's begin. Module 2.12, how to build long-term trust. So as we have seen before, having trust in the team is a key foundation to form a team, have conflicts, uh, grow out of the conflicts and perform. But how do you build this trust? And as a reminder, as I uh, talked about it in the previous models, what is behind the trust is, do you understand the logic of a person? Can you empathize? Do you understand about how they feel about the situation? And do you think they're authentic? Do you feel authenticity about the person? How do you create that in a team, in a group? And as a reminder as well, why it matters? Because without the trust, you cannot have healthy conflicts inside the team. So let's take a step back here about what is important when you have a trust. And the factors of the trust is, first, you need to have a trust to be able to have good conflicts. And what is behind a good conflict is caring. When you fight for something inside the team, do the team members care about each other and tr do they trust that they all, all, are all here for the same reason with the same goal? And that is one of the foundations that helps to build the trust through the conflicts. When you understand, then you have uh, each other's best interest. But is it always the case? And then above um, this first part of benevolence, you have integrity. So how, and which is touching us also with the concept of authenticity. How much do you trust the person to act according to their values um, and what they say? And at last, can the person do what they actually do? But these are all the factors that create trust for a good conflict. And this is a good model for you to remember how you can have these conflicts if trust is displayed. But when we think about trust, I'm sorry here that I don't have any quick wins for this. Because although I can share all the models and the mental models and framework of how to deconstruct trust, how to make sense of it, um, there are no quick wins. And there are only, there's only one thing that builds the trust. It is time and experiences. And I'll go more in details about that. And trust is not something you have now and you have forever. It is like workout. You have to work for it every day. There are many actions that can break the trust, but to keep it for a long run, it's about all the actions also you do to keep the trust every day. So trust is definitely not something that you work one time 
and that you hope for it to happen. But it's something you incorporate in your work, in your culture, in your value every day. And how does it look like? First, I think I can give you all the advices in the world on how to build trust among individuals, but that's probably a whole book by itself and a thesis, which I'm not qualified for. But what I can say in the context of a game industry or a studio, the best way to build trust is to shape, ship and kill games together. Make game fast, prototype, ship something together, fail together. This is what will have uh, created the situation of conflicts, of having a shared goal together, delivering towards these goals and learning from each other. And in my experience, that is the best way to build trust in a quick way. So think about your situation in the studio. What is the setup you can make for teams and uh, people in your team to uh, ship and kill games together? And second, it's really important we talk often about um, people as workers, where we need to create uh, performing teams, people as resources. The truth is, people are not resources for work. They are humans as a whole, and they have personalities, they have hobbies, they have fears, they have consideration, they have concerns, they have dreams, hopes, and everything. And I recommend strongly to bring that part of each individuals in the workplace. Because what is behind authenticity or words like integrity? You want to know what the people are about. But if you see a partial picture of who they are, can you really actually fully trust the person if you don't understand a bit who they are behind the mask of a worker? So take the time, spend the time uh, the care, the energy to know each other personally. And how can it look like? And I want to share some anecdotes of my own work based on my past experience, how I have built trust in a team. So here, this is a photo back in 2014 when I joined Wooga. Uh, I was coming from Gameloft, so pretty big company in a high level position, uh, high manager managing teams remote. So with a pretty big distance to teams, um, working like more in a, on local level and studios. And I joined Booga as a product lead in this team. And when I joined, I had, of course, a plan. I had a mission for the game I was joining, Diamond Dash, to bring it back to its growth, um, like a, a certain roadmap and ideas on how to make the game successful in live ops. I came with this plan, that didn't go well because the team already existed before me and they wanted to protect the team they built, they worked for the, the game even they worked for. So I didn't have a trust at all when I joined and I came with a plan, like who is that person coming with a plan? We don't know her, we don't trust her. So I thought, okay, I'm starting from the wrong angle. Uh, it's not by imposing a plan or trying to convince rationally that it will work out. So I did something really silly, but uh, it was kind of my last resort. Like we had a budget of holidays that stacked for years for this team, but they never used. And I thought, okay, then I will use this holiday budget to do something as a team. Let's go skiing uh, in Republic, uh, Czech Republic 
and let's go for a team event. And that was probably my first one or two months. I want to get to know each other, everybody. Let's go on a road trip. We took a car. We were 14 people. We went to ski in Czech Republic from Berlin to uh, one city in Czech Republic. And we skied for the week. And we had amazing time there, as you can see on the photo. And while well, externally it looked like it was not, I was not spending some time working with this team, I was actually showing myself to present myself in different forms and not, oh, the manager from Gameloft here coming, but Sophie as a French coming uh, from Paris and with a new life in Berlin, different hobbies, different sense of humor, uh, different fears. And the team got to know me. And after that event, actually, we managed to work quite well together. And we had the trust to start to try with the things I wanted to try in the game. And we succeeded um, two years after in what we wanted to achieve as a team. So as you say here, um, it is part of your also role and work as a team lead to also think about how do you create trust in the team. And it may not always be through work things. And my second anecdote here is my new team now in Berlin, um, in the studio I'm running at Voodoo. And you see everybody laughing here for a good reason. So these days, you know, with the COVID, we are all at home and forming the bonds and trust and getting to know each other is really hard uh, because we are all at home. Uh, but something that really worked well for us is uh, Friday, end of the day, we gathered on uh, a Discord channel actually here um, to uh, have a five minutes of fame. So everybody turn by turn have five minutes to present something um, that the rest of the group didn't know about. So people could present about their hobbies, their past experiences, uh, I don't know, the weird things they like. And it allowed us actually to get to know much uh, better each other uh, than through the mask of work that we know, and especially with remote work. And that's what came out of this uh, evening where we were sharing a lot of silly things about each other and uh, laughing a lot for the evening. So the only limit really is your own creative vision about how many events you can create for your team to bond and to share personal anecdotes to relate to each other and even about yourself. So go for it and be silly, you know, with your team. Module 2.14, show vulnerability. So this model is specifically for so team leads. And when we talk about vulnerability, it's one of the steps that builds trust and safety in a team. Because we touched the topic uh, before about how to build an environment and a culture that feels safe for people to start to build trust, etc. And it starts also with vulnerability to build trust, showing a part of yourself, basically, the authenticity of a team leader. And how do you go about it? Well, it starts with you. So you as a team lead, you cannot expect any uh, one in the team to start to show vulnerability if yourself, you are not walking the talk. And what does it mean to show vulnerability? And I want maybe here, instead of saying what is better, also here to show example how I've done it, maybe to inspire you and also lead um, more um, the talk 
you know, with the, with the actions I've been doing in my studio. So I think something that was very powerful and helpful here, and there will be the link in the materials, of, um, is that I shared um, a few months ago all my mistakes I have done in 2020. Not my mistakes only as a leader, but of course as a group, but personally, I'm the one accountable for the mistakes and sharing it publicly with the industry. Because, uh, yeah, we started a studio in a very difficult context, a new studio in a company formed during COVID. What were the challenges and what were the things I learned and what were the things that uh, didn't go so well uh, based on my own uh, introspection? And that was very helpful to first show that, okay, I'm far from feeling that I'm right in many topics. And second is also admitting that sometimes I had a wrong judgment about things and I'm okay to revisit them and have no shame about it because I'm just human and I'm trying my best uh, like everyone else here uh, with the same mission. So this is a way also as a team lead, as a very good exercise also for journaling to sharing your top mistakes with your team, with your peers, with industry, and a very um, uh, freeing exercise as well. And here, for example, I wanted to share the anecdote of how, how I, I applied it as well with my team end of last year when I shared with them. So that was part of my article about sharing my top mistakes. Uh, but I was really, really stressed end of last year. We had a big milestone to meet with our game in soft launch. And we had also a change of management and there was a lot of insecurity on my end. Like, are we still a studio that will exist if we don't work? It doesn't work out with the game. What will happen to us? And I didn't admit that to myself, that I was really in stress. And that uh, it was also affecting my team with the stress I had. And by starting to share about it, like, look, I'm, I'm really overwhelmed. I... I don't know what you think. I don't know at this point, I'm a bit at loss. It helps a lot as well to tell that to myself, to admit about the situation and also share with my close uh, partners inside the studio about the situation. So I could a bit rely on them and they understood and they were here to help me instead of trying to resist and trying to protect as well. Thinking like, okay, what is Sophie doing? We don't really understand, we miss something. So it's again about sharing the context and transparency when it makes sense. And in, in this moment, I shared quite openly to the team, hey, I'm not feeling well, I'm quite under a lot of stress and I apologize for things I may have done that cause stress to you as well. Um, and this is something I'm, I'm trying to own for me. And that helped a lot for everyone to understand also about the situation that nobody did anything wrong. It's something bigger than us that is happening right now. And that helped also to really bond the team in the hard moments where we don't know about the future, but we know we are together no matter what happens. And uh, at last, one anecdote about sharing vulnerabilities when I had my performance review. So um, I think I had it at the beginning of the year and I, I had uh, my um, 360 review. So from peers, from uh, people in the team, from my manager and then I had the whole 360 review and I thought, okay, I know the points I need to improve. But uh, I thought, okay, I, I am here 
with things to develop. And again, it comes back like to the growth mindset. I'm really dedicated to this one. Let me show as well to the team that I take this seriously. So I share with the team my points of improvements uh, transparently to them in this email. So first, thanking them for the feedback, but it was great to have a feedback and I'm very uh, grateful for this. And I take seriously the feedback and I will work on the things that I saw standing out of the points of things to improve. And by showing this to the team, uh, my intent was to show that first, no one is better than each other, but to not show that we have all things to improve and we are supporting in our development goals each other as a team and studio. And that is also what uh, created the connection with the team to understand that we are all on a path of a development and trying our best here and no one's perfect. So among uh, like the several anecdotes, what I really recommend to share vulnerability Sharing about your mistakes, sharing about the things you need to develop and why. And uh, sharing yeah, about the, your fears, your concerns is the best way you can connect with the team and also um, set a culture of vulnerability when you apply it for yourself. Module 2.14, confront your biggest fears. So as we come at the end of the masterclass and we touched about, you know, the topics on building the trust, building safety, um, and embodying vulnerability as a team leader. I think behind all of that are very strong emotions um, that also can affect a team in a good and bad way is also the fears. And I address this module especially for team leaders to um, talk and think about the fears that are associated to the challenge of building a studio and launching a game. We know the rate of success is quite low and there are many things at risk and many fears uh, during the journey of development. And this model is particularly to talk about confronting your biggest fears. I was really inspired by this talk from Tim Ferriss of uh, why you should define your fears instead of your goals and basically what he's doing in this talk is about doing the fear setting exercise. Because a lot of times we think we have goals that are conscious, but a lot of our actions are driven by our fears. And sometimes when these fears are not uh, put into light, we are more um, driven by our fears than we are actually taking ownership of our actions and why we are motivated to do certain things. So. I want to encourage here to do the exercise, the fear setting exercise of what are the biggest fears for you or for your studio, the biggest things that can happen and that you think about make you concerned. And with this model is quite interesting because you can uh, create a list of what if something happens, what if I do this, what if I fail, what if I don't launch this game, what if I, you know, uh, fire this person or what if I hire this person and what what wrong can happen and uh, you know what I'm talking about because we think all the time about all the scenarios and all the things that can go wrong so why not making it very uh, clear and write it down to put it into reality and I want to share an example here of some of my fears when I built the studio last year and one of like my fears that have always been very in any games I have done 
but it's one that comes really with even like deeply in questioning my own profession is the game we are making fun. So the game is not fun. So what to do with this fear? And going a bit deeper in this fear, I realized, well, there may be things to look at, but let's go through all the fears here. Second fear is we don't have the competencies to make that game. And that is one that is more present with a studio um, I'll be on because I make conscious choice of building the studio with a certain composition, certain skills, certain experience. It may, maybe I did big mistakes here and I don't have a team that is, uh, you know, like skilled, qualified to make that type of game. The game doesn't have a big audience. That is a very common, actually, issue and risk that can happen. It's like we are just making a very niche game. The game cannot go a global launch. And what is behind this fear is basically, uh, I will be judged for this failure. So if I don't globally launch this game, if I don't launch, I will be judged um, yeah, for not succeeding in this industry, despite all, like even like the talks I'm doing now about creating uh, a great team, a great studio with good culture. Uh, I would love to associate it, of course, with a success. But I know the reality that it may not always go with it on the first trial. So all these are my fears. There were my fears last year. Some of them are still here. And what I decided to go is to map, um, to do is to map them with some solution. What can I do now about these fears and are they real? So the game is not fun. Well, I can test the game as up. Uh, not having the competence to make the game, I can test the game ASAP. Uh, not the game not having a big audience, it's again testing the game. Um, about all the things that can prevent the game from launching is to work with mitigation uh, plans. And I do that all the time. So I write down my fear and then I make the plans like, okay, what should I do now to either prevent it or to accept that if it happens, am I okay with what could happen after? And the last one is more personal work, like the fear of being judged for not launching a game or having a success on the first year. This is more a reflection work for myself. What does it say about me if I don't manage to launch and succeed on the first year? Is it that I miss of self-confidence? Is it something that I'm defining too much myself by the success of the games where maybe the success is somewhere else and this is more personal work for me to do? But it's to me, it was a very healthy exercise to just write down all these fears and own them and look at them and confront them instead of having them always in the back of my head and just doing things here and there, you know, in panic just to try to uh, make up for these fears. So take the time to journal and write down all your fears and how, yeah, how, what do you want to do about them now or later? Or are you okay with the outcome of what may happen indeed? if these fears uh, actually happen. Thanks for listening to this new episode of Raise and Play podcast. If you enjoyed the content and want to support what we're doing, rate and review the podcast, spread the word about it. If you'd like to contribute to the change too, reach out to me on LinkedIn for a collaboration. You'll find all the rest of the content on riseandplay.io, including my free masterclass on conscious leadership. Until the next time, 